and welcome to In the Pocket, Across the Pond, the UK NFL Fantasy Football Podcast with me, Alex Brindle. And me, Alex Sharples. No Lewis this week, so I'm joined by my favourite co-host, Lou's Life on his jollies, but we're holding down the fort and we're going to get straight into it, looking at reflecting really on what just happened because what what on earth did just happen it was the week of the comebacks uh which comeback was your favorite Sharples, in week two uh i mean i think it would have to be the jets against the browns i mean purely for that unbelievable ending uh what was it two touchdowns in a minute and a half to come back and seal it um joe flacco leading it as well which makes it even more sweeter because i don't know zach wilson to me just seems like a little you know what and so um, I think that coupled with the fact that I do have a soft spot for the Jets, I don't support any teams, but if I did, it would be the Jets. They're terrible and I like it. And um, yeah, just just it's one of those games, you know, you see it, you, you write it off, you think it's done. And then the fact that you, when you check the scores 10 minutes later and it's you see, what, 31-30, unbelievable. So yeah, Jets sneaking it against the Browns for me. Yeah, that Corey Davis touchdown was crazy. It's like, it's like the Browns defenders were already celebrating victory. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. 100%. Um, obviously, you had the Dolphins come back against the Ravens, which was also just as egregious. You cannot, if you're the Ravens, be letting that happen. And maybe I was wrong about Tua, or, mm. or uh, Hill and Waddle just that good, because I, I'm not taking anything away. There was a lot of yards after catch in that game. Yep, However, yep. two of two have played. He played really well, and certainly, four hundred and sixty-nine yards and six touchdowns isn't the norm for Tua. No, but what? Let's say uh, let's take hundred yards off that and three touchdowns off it, uh, and you're looking at what like three hundred and fifty yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, weekly two or three touchdowns. That would be very nice. I know. He's a hot commodity this week, to be fair. What where do you stand on this this tour guy? This tour guy, I mean it's tough. He's definitely got talent. Um I think, you know, you saw you saw that in college. Haven't really seen it in the NFL, but also he's never played a full season. And, you know, this is the first first year I think we've added Tyreek Kill where you've got he's got two unbelievable weapons now because Jalen Waddles, I think, showing that it wasn't just a rookie fluke. Um, and obviously we know what Tyreek Hill is. So could argue, yeah, this, this could be the start. But I mean, six touchdowns, 469 yards. I can't see that being the norm for him. Um, and so I think you're probably going to end up seeing a bit of regression over the season. Um, but I mean, to do that against the, the Baltimore Ravens, who for the past few years have been a really good, you've got a really good secondary unit out there. Um, yeah, certainly, certainly an impressive uh, display, but not fully convinced of it just yet. However, you know, if... A lot of people, I don't think, have been happy with some of the quarterbacks that they've drafted. Um, you know, I think unless you've, you've had Josh Allen um, and a few of the others, you're probably not entirely satisfied. I know for me personally, I drafted Joe Burrow. I've had two steady but not great weeks. You know, I think he's certainly worth taking a punt on. Yeah, and let's just say, it, by the way, Lamar went off in this game as well. Yes, yes, he did. Uh, Lamar looked amazing. He looked amazing throwing the ball, and just when. Just when you thought, well, he looks amazing throwing the ball, but he's still not running it. He busts like an eighty-yard run. He's he's just he's the quickest guy in the league. I'm sure yeah. of it. 
if if not if not the the second behind Tyreek Hill. Um, so that was really really good to see the fact that he's still going to use those legs. But you cannot be losing if you're the Ravens in that situation. Uh, Cardinals as well, big comeback over the Raiders. Yep, I was and, having uh... panic attacks over Kyler Murray up until the fourth quarter, middle of the fourth quarter. Yeah, I I was watching that game, you know, through my fingers because obviously, uh, you know, I did pick Kyler Murray at the start to be my MVP. I was absolutely terrified and, um, you know, our our group chat was uh, was popping off about it and um, I I think Lewis said something along the lines of Kyler Murray looks terrible and he absolutely did, but I didn't reply. And I'm very glad I didn't because he just decided to absolutely go off in the last quarter and then also over time. That play with the... Was it the two-point conversion? Um, I'm not sure if it was, but he, he he was literally running around for like 25 seconds before eventually he got it over the line. And it, it just shows like what, what an asset he can be because of, of how he can use his legs. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to have uh, grey hairs with picking him as MVP because for the first, you're right, three and a half quarters, he looked absolutely abysmal. Yeah, got it done though. That's the main thing. And got a big old slap on his face for it as well which uh, did. I, we I don't condone that. i reviewed that it was like the like the kennedy assassination i broke it down it looked accidental to me there was no gunman on the grassy knoll well he's pressing charges so <laughs> all good on that front no he's not um well i mean i think he's filed a police report genuinely wow okay he, he is yeah. terrible but he's good at football a few other games to mention uh just give me a show if you want to say anything about these Cowboys beating the Bengals. Mm, I mean, this, given how terrible they were against the Bucks, then you know, good to bounce back. But nah, I don't think too much has been gained from it. No, me neither. Uh, Bills are still really, really good. Talking Can't about confirm. Monday Night Football, Eagles. Uh, all I'm saying is that Super Bowl pick. The bet I put on for the Super Bowl to be the Bills versus the Eagles, I don't think I would get as good odds now as I did no. two weeks ago. Yeah, I, for me, this is the one of the more interesting um, picks just because holding the Vikings to, to seven points when they've got the weapons they've got, I mean, couple that with how well, you know, they've scored a lot of points as well, the Eagles. It, they're looking like they're going to be having a top five offense and a top five defense the way they're going about it. And that is absolutely a scary proposition. Yeah, I mean, primetime Kirk Cousins did come out to play. <laughs> uh, I'm going to mention Kirk in a bit. Um, it's weird how, because it happens so often and it's such a guaranteed thing now, Kirk Cousins playing that bad in primetime doesn't actually worry you that much. Well, it doesn't worry me at least anyway because it's kind of a given. Give yeah. me those six o'clock games and he's going to go off. And finally, I just want to mention Jaguars... 24. Yes. Zero bagel, goose egg, Colts. What's happening here? Like, again, the burly using Jonathan Taylor. I think he had seven carries going into the fourth quarter. Yep. And Matt Matt Ryan looked like quite bad again. I know they didn't have Michael Pittman, but it's like you've still got professional wide receivers on this team. And no one's saying that they have to go off, but. It's like they can catch a ball, can't they? And even if they can't catch a ball, you've got the best running back in the league in your backfield. Why is he only carrying the ball seven times through the first three quarters? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's worrying. I mean, if it was a normal running back, you'd say, oh, well, you know, the game script was against him and they were down, they had to throw it. But that was never a problem with Jonathan Taylor last season. He, he, he He's of the Derrick Henry mold in that it shouldn't matter what the, what the score is, you should give him the ball. And he still averaged, you know, six yards a carry, which is great. So they just look really disjointed. I think you're right. I mean, Matt Ryan's clearly not settled into it. I think the offense has been disrupted by by that, and obviously no Pittman, but also the defense. I mean, they, they were they were they were solid defense actually. They got some really nice pieces. Uh, Darius, I should say, Shaq Leonard, uh, DeForest oh, Buckner. Yeah. They got some nice pieces, but yeah, to, to be to be shut out by the Jags, very concerning in my opinion, especially when you couple it with last week against the the Texans. Yeah, they're a bit of a banana skin, the Jaguars for the Colts, especially in the past few years. But on that Jaguar side of the ball, Christian Kirk looks really good. Yep. Uh and and James Robinson as well. He it's well and truly James Robinson won Achilles injury zero. That guy looks fantastic. Yep. Um And I think also James Robinson won Travis Etienne nil because he in my opinion, Etienne looks shaky in in the first game. Dropped a few few passes, and I think I think James Robinson, if he has a couple more games like this, uh, although they obviously spent a lot of draft capital in Etienne, I think to me Robinson's looking like the lead back. Yeah, and, and a quick note on Trevor Lawrence. Maybe we're seeing this player that everyone was talking about. I remember hearing about Lawrence, God, five, four, five years ago when he was just coming into college, and he was like the most hyped up prospect since Andrew Luck, and. I found it funny how last year and at the beginning of this year, all the people had been talking about him for years, they were just silent. They weren't saying he was good. They weren't saying he was bad. They just weren't saying anything about the guy. And the situation wasn't good last year, but the fact of the matter is he was not one of the best rookie quarterbacks last year and surely out of a prospect that hyped, you expect that from him. Maybe he's turned a corner now. I think we said earlier a few weeks ago that Doug Peterson's a really good head coach. Maybe this is equal parts Colts bad, Jaguars good. Yeah, yeah, and I think just in regards to Lawrence, for me, you have to treat that rookie season as a redshirt year. You know, I mean, I don't think anyone could succeed in that environment, and very few of them actually did. So to me, this is his rookie year. Let's see what he can actually do now. Agreed. On to the injury report, and it was well and truly the weekend of ankle injuries. Obviously. Top of the lot, Trey Lance, severe ankle injury, done for the year. His foot was facing the wrong way. What does this mean? If you ask me, not to sound too callous, but everyone's bumped up upgrade for every player on that team. I think Jimmy G's a better quarterback. He runs the ball less, which is good for the running backs. Uh, He knows the offense more than Trey Lance. Obviously, you feel for Trey Lance. Really wanted to see what he could do this season, but obviously, now we know that he's done for the year. We need to analyse what this means. What would you say, Sharples? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, uh, they were getting a lot of stick for keeping hold of, of Jimmy G. Uh, you know, people were saying, oh, you, you need to put your faith in Trey Lance. But I think they're probably thanking the lucky stars that they kept all of Garoppolo and at a reduced rate on his contract. Um, yeah, I agree. I think um, in terms of ceiling, probably Lance has a higher one purely because of, of his rushing ability. But... Um, Jimmy G, much more accomplished passer. I think you're right, it opens up some of those receivers. Ideally, George Kittle, if he can stay fit. I mean, he, he I think he's the one obviously not hit his heights yet. Debo, less so, because I mean, he gets his points from rushing anyway, so he's not as dependent. 
but it definitely opens up hopefully a Brandon Ayuk. I know for our sleeper league we're hoping so. So yeah, no, I definitely agree. It uh, elevates the pieces around um, around him. Yeah, and you'd hope that I know since Prescott came back from his ankle injury, it seems like he's he's running less. And obviously Lance has always ran the ball more than Prescott, but people forget that in Prescott's first few years in the league, he, he ran the ball quite a lot. He was really effective on the ground, but he's become a really, really good pocket passer. And I think San Francisco wanted to turn Trey Lance into that anyway, as well as having the rushing on it. So mm. you'd hope that this can just uh, progress that passing even more. And hopefully we have the Trey Lance dance again all off-season next year. Yeah. Um, also on the 49ers, Ty Davis-Price, another ankle injury, high ankle sprain. He's going to miss a few weeks, which is good for Jeff Wilson owners because Davis-Price really ate into Jeff Wilson's carries this past weekend. Ankle injury again, James Conner, he left the game, not expected to be severe though. And Gabe Davis, shock, ankle injury, kept him out of the Monday night game, so monitor that one. On to injuries that are not ankle-related, Justin Herbert and Jerry Judy both got rib injuries, both still day-to-day, so keep an eye on them. I'd assume Herbert goes because, you know, how can he not? Yep. Dalton Schultz with the pretty nasty knee injury. I don't know if you saw this one. It doesn't look serious. I think it's a PCL sprain, and Dr. Jerry Jones came out and said that uh, his assessment of it is that it's not going to be a long-term one. However, seeing seeing it on the field and seeing Schultz's reaction to it, you wince, you wince when you watch it. So, I don't know about I don't know about that. It, it feels like I I bank on Schultz missing at least one or two weeks, definitely. Um, I mean, John... I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with Doctor Jerry and his rubber glove though. Oh yeah, uh, George Kittle didn't go again because of an, a groin injury. Mm. Um, what? What's going on here? Are, are we are we are we almost getting to Andrew Luck levels of he's probably fed up and verging on retiring? Because there's no question that when George Kittle's on the field is an amazing player. He, there's a reason why he goes so high in drafts and why for the past four years him and Kelsey have been spoken about as the elite tight ends in the league. But the guy just can't. It, it, it's not to the point where he gets on the field and he gets injured now. He this season he can't even get on the field. Yeah, he's. I think he's one of the one of the worst players to have purely because he, he can't sit, like you can't drop him because you've you you spent a reasonable amount of capital on him and you know that if he plays and he plays to his level, he's a you know twenty points per game from the tight end, which is ridiculous. But it's just so hard. And 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 you're right if he. For one thing, he's not starting. But then, even in games where he starts, he's so likely to go off in the first quarter with with an injury that it, it just makes it impossible. So, it's it's a tough one. I mean, I I, I could never drop him because of, he's always got that potential. But yeah, I definitely. But luckily, what I will say is there is a lot of good tight ends on the waiver wire at the minute. So it's not the worst position to to you know to have to replace. But it it just pains my heart because he he can be so good when he's fit. Yeah, agreed. Uh, injury that snuck under the radar a little. Damian Williams running back for the Falcons got put on IR on Saturday, so he's going to miss another two weeks because I suppose he just missed a game on the weekend. Um, bit of a bump up for a rookie running back that I'm going to mention later on in Atlanta. 
Uh, and to wrap up the injuries, Chris Godwin with the hamstring. Obviously, there's apparently a good chance that he plays this week, I've heard. And the fact that they left it so late to designate him as out this previous week tells you that that might be the case. Plus, they're without Mike Evans because he got a one-game suspension for trying to fight his way out of Marshawn Lattimore's back pocket. <laughs> Marshawn Lattimore owns that man. I'm sorry, Mike Evans is amazing. But, oh, my God, he just shrinks when he sees yeah. Lattimore. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, someone told me the statistics he has against Lattimore. It's, it's horrible. Not very nice, not very nice. No. Right, then. Like Lou said last week, we like accountability on this podcast. I wish I, I wish we didn't move some of the some of the players that we we told you to play last week. Um, we'll start with Lou. Uh, we'll just run for his dead quick. Terry McLaurin, twelve points. You were relatively happy with that. However, there's an emerging group of really good wide receivers on that team who are all going to be playable. Not necessarily all going to go off every week. Clyde Edwards alert fifteen point eight. Are you buying it? Are you buying Clyde? Um, I think I'm definitely getting on. I'm getting on the train. Um, you know, like like I said last week, if if this was his rookie year, I think no one would be. It would be question. Everyone would be trying to get hold of him. So let's just discount the last two years. Tyreek Hill's not there. It's a different offense. Uh, better O line. Let's let's see. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Russell Wilson, eleven points. No, no, we're gonna we're gonna mention him in the next section. Not happy. Lou Lou actually texted us before and said that um, he's uh, he's away and he's focusing all his energy on uh, waivers for his own teams. Not even this podcast because he drafted Russell Wilson and his next uh, pick from last week, Cole Komet, zero points Ouch. again. Drop him. We're going to do a drop section in a bit where we're going to just ask some names about should we drop this player. Kokomet isn't in there because he should not be on your team anymore. Drop the guy. Not happening. Uh, this the, the Burrs, we're going to come on to it, but the Burrs pass catchers are in big trouble. Right. Sharples, how did your quarterback do last week? Yep, so um, I went with what I was hoping was a, a bounce-back game. Um, for Aaron Rodgers, uh, and he got it uh, against the Bears. He owns the Bears, we know this. Uh, 234 yards, two touchdowns. Um, pretty happy with this personally because, it, it, you know, in real life I was worried about the Packers. I thought if, if they'd have lost this game to the Bears, you know, then you're really starting to struggle, you know, with obviously the drop-off from Devontae Adams, but they showed that they still had it. Rodgers still has it in him. Uh, and yeah, a good a good reasonable week. I think about 17 points he got for fantasy. Again, higher than a lot of drafted quarterbacks. Cause I think he's he's probably still a free agent in some leagues. Um, yeah, really happy with that one. Very nice, very nice. I uh, I picked Joe Burrow, 16.5 fantasy points. Once again, a a passable game for fantasy in what was a pretty terrible real life game. Um, he just needs protection. He just needs protection. I'm going to mention the Bengals in a section coming up, but just protect the man. Come on. Um, running back, how did yours do, Sharples? So I went for Daryl Henderson of the Rams. Um, re- I mean, re- reasonable performance, not quite what I was hoping for. Um, and I said in it, the only the only cause for concern is that Kamekas will, will be sort of forced into it, which he was. 
last week, Akers only had three carries. This week, he was up at 15, got 44 yards from that and two receptions. Um, Daryl Henderson, on the other hand, had five receptions two weeks ago, but zero this time. So, unfortunately, it was a bit of, you know, the averages balancing out. Um, I personally, from what I've seen so far of both of them, I prefer Henderson, but Akers is, obviously, there's more capital associated with him, so McVeigh was always going to try and get him uh, into the lineup. So, it's a bit of a tough one going forward. Um, Henderson still managed to get himself a touchdown. He stole it away from um, from Akers. I, I think there's... I think he's got a relatively high floor, but I don't think the ceiling's there with Akers there. So, um, yeah, steady running back going forward, but not going to give you the heights that he gave you last season. Yeah, the, the Akers usage this past week, it it was really reminiscent of the Todd Gurley usage in the season where it was clear that Todd Gurley was injured, but the Rams didn't tell you why, and they were just kind of like trying to force him onto the field, and it was just like swimming in treacle. You know, yeah. it was just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, my running back, DeAndre Swift, 16.7 fantasy points. Now, if you'd have told me that Swift was only going to get 10 opportunities in this game, five rushes, five targets, then I would have been very worried. Obviously, he had the ankle injury coming in, but I needn't be worried because Swift is fantastic and he told 56 yards on the ground, 36 through the air from two receptions with... A fantastic touchdown. Did you see him bounce off the ground and juke about yeah. 15 yeah. players? Yeah. Uh, he's great. I don't know what else you really say at this point. There's not many players in fantasy football that I would trade uh, DeAndre Swift for, uh, as in, like, I've got him on my main team and I don't know who I would have over him. It's It's probably, like... Two or three players max. I think I, I really think he's that good. Um, thoughts on that, Sharples? Yeah, I th- uh, had him last year. He was a little bit injured last year, but um, it's still, you know you, you saw the talent there. The the only limiting factor, which was a factor last year and is again this year, um, is is Williams uh, stealing some touchdowns from him. But I think if um, if he can establish establish himself more around the goal line. Uh, and in the red zone, then sky's the limit, really. Um, that That's the one thing. But still, yeah, he's looked great in his first two games. Yeah. Wide receiver, I'll just I'll just chime in dead quick and say, Daniel Mooney, oops, sorry about that one. Um, two targets, one reception, minus four yards. I'm worried about these Burrs pass catchers. Um you've got you've had this from Mooney Equinemius St. Brown with two receptions and five fantasy points Komet with that goose fields through the ball 11 times he threw it more in the monsoon game last week I yeah this this has kind of stumped me I think Daniel Mooney's a really good player but I wouldn't start any pass catcher I, I wonder whether I would roster any pass catcher from the Burrs at this point yeah, for me, the the only uh, Bears player worthy for consideration is is David Montgomery at this point. Yeah, what about did he fur better with your wide receiver last week, Sharples? Um, just a smidge better because I had Amon Ra St. Brown, who probably I think this will be the best pick that I do all season. I might as well stop now because I'm never going to top it. Um, nine receptions, 116 yards, two touchdowns, and the absolute. Sherry on top of the icing of the cake, 68 rushing yards. Ooh. Um, 
which is unbelievable. He had two attempts. He averaged 35 yards on them. Um, so not only has he been an absolute target monster, he's been targeted in the end zone. He's also going to rush as well. I mean, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. But, I mean, I think I got him in the sixth round. And right now, I think he's at the wide receiver four. He looks like a really good pick. And, um, yeah, I have to say, this this Lions offense looks actually exciting. So, um, yeah, I think it's looking very good for uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Also, great name. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's this run has been so consistent and for so long that you have to you have to bank on St. Brown going forward and assume that this is him. It's not it's not just yeah. a bit of it's not just a bit of insanity. This is a permanent thing. <laughs> and yeah, uh really good player. I like the Detroit just they're really fun. They're really, really fun this year. I'm tuning in to every Detroit Lions game because it's just crazy. Uh yeah. how about you, tight end? Um, yeah, so uh, I went for um, the relatively unglamorous pick, but what I thought would be solid uh, pick of Darren Waller for the Raiders. Um, and yeah, a good game for him. Six receptions, 50 yards and a touchdown. I'd noticed that the, the Cardinals gave up a lot of points to Travis Kelsey uh, the week before, so I was hoping it'd hold true, and it did. Um, yeah, a good game from Waller. Um, and yeah, not a lot much more to say on that. He's a, he's a good player. He was a little bit disappointing last season, but... Um, I think he's still he's still going to be targeting the red zone. Um, obviously, the first read is now Devontae Adams, but to me, all are fantastic. Yeah, th- there's not normally much to say on on ice cold takes, so um, you know. Oh, like like your DeAndre <laughs> Swift one. I, I'm still saying your record of having an ice cold, ice cold take in these plays to watch out for in the week ahead. It's going strong. With the Jonathan Taylor and now the Waller, I can't wait for you to pick Justin Jefferson this week. How, however, j- just to add to that, had I picked Jonathan Taylor last week, I would have looked an absolute fool because he had like what seven points. So you know, it's not just it's, you know, I'm, I'm reading the tea leaves. I'm not just pulling names out of the hat. You know, it's still Jonathan Taylor though, Shaffles. Are, are you if you're if you if, if you're trying to if you're trying to lay the groundwork for your Jonathan Taylor pick this week, you're not having it. You're not having it. <laughs> Actually, it does lead me on to a little something I wanted to mention to you. Go on. Um, there's two two running backs who were drafted in probably the top six. Um, just just want to gauge your your levels of worry for them. Okay. Derek Henry and Dalvin Cook. I mean, Derek Henry had 13 carries last game. He's had around eight points both games. Dalvin Cook reasonable first game, but again, uh, six carries last week. Do you are you trying to trade for them in the hope that you can get them cheap? Are you trading away from them if you drafted them, or are you just sticking with them? Sharples, you have absolutely preempted the next section of this podcast. I'll oh, ju- I'll just tell you that I had Ger- Gerald Everett last week, thirteen point one fantasy points. He's a safe tight end going forward. However, on that topic, I want you to just close your eyes for a second, Sharples. Close your okay. eyes. And imagine that you're just lying in a jacuzzi, yeah? You're just lying nice. in a jacuzzi in a hot tub, you're just relaxing. But here's the thing. The temperature of that jacuzzi is determined by how concerned you are over some fantasy players or NFL teams, some of which okay. I'm about to set you now. So the more concerned you are, the hotter the water. Who knows, you might want out completely. Let's start off with where you just... 
you just mentioned, what you just mentioned, Dalvin Cook and Derek Henry. What's the temp? What's the water feeling like when I say those names in that jacuzzi? I think if I drafted them, I think the temperature would be high. I let's think say, let's be... say you drafted them. Let's say you drafted them. Yeah. All right, then I'm certainly getting worried. You know, my skin's getting red. There's a lot of steam coming. I'm looking around. I'm anxious. Um, you know, you wasted a lot of draft capital and you didn't spend, you know, in some cases, the number three overall pick on Derek Henry for two eight-point games. Um, he's always been game script proof. And so I think last year, if he'd have played the Bills, because, yeah, they lost like, what, 41-7 to to the Bills, you'd still be giving Derek Henry the ball. He only had 13 carries. Yeah. I'm worried. Uh, I'm worried as well for Dalvin Cook. I think that the new... Uh, the new head coach coming in. Uh, I mean, great for Justin Jefferson, but it seems to be costing Dalvin Cook. So I think if I was out of the water looking in, I'd be thinking, oh, well, it's like a nice jacuzzi. Maybe I'll trade for them and see what I can get. But I'm in there. I'm sweating. What if, let's say Derek Henry, you're sweating, you're boiling in this jacuzzi, and I come over with a big old bucket of cold water that is called David Montgomery and T. Higgins. Do you want me to pour that over you? Are you taking that oh, for Derek Henry? Uh, yeah, I think I am. Okay, interesting. Wow. I think I am. Well, okay. So, scratch that, scratch that. Relax again, relax, okay? You're back in the jacuzzi. How much does this turn that temperature dial? Kyle Pitts. Um, I think a little bit cooler. Um, I think it's an it's you know whenever you get a new quarterback in, it's it's going to make things different. Um, I think again as long as you didn't do anything daft and you didn't draft Kyle Pitts in the third, I think if you waited and you got him in the fifth or sixth, which is where you probably should have gone for him. Yeah, I'm not too concerned. He's still a, he's still a young player. I, I think we we know the talents there because we saw it last year. Um, I think. Again, there's been two not great weeks. And I think whenever that happens, when you've got an asset like him, you make a concerted effort to get him involved. And so I think that's what you'll see. I think you'll see some correction on that. So I would, yeah, I would think if you were a sane person in the draft and drafted him in a normal area, then you're at a pretty reasonable temperature there. Annoyed, but, you know, we're not boiling. You're still relaxing. You're still relaxing. Okay, then let's see if we can, it can make you a bit uncomfortable with this next one. The Colts. I'm yeah. I'm I'm a little lobster. I'm I'm. Are you out? Have you jumped yeah, out? A, uh, I just I mean to to lose in the manner that they did against the the Texans and the Jags. I mean and to be shut out by the Jags, it, it's just outrageous. I don't know what the hell is going on. I thought Matt Ryan would come and steady the ship. Uh, instead, he's managed to I don't know sink it on some rocks. Um, I don't. I was gonna. I was trying to think of a boat analogy, but I couldn't think of one. Um, yeah, they, they look bad. Um, and, you know, especially, I think, even rubbing salt in the wounds, the fact how good Carson Wentz has looked for the commanders, you could have argued maybe an extra season, that, you know, that could have been him for them. But, um, yeah, no, def- definitely some some choppy waters for the Colts. And I am, uh, yeah, I'm a hot little potato in there. Yes, yes. All right, we're going to turn it back down. Going to turn it back down. Chase Edmonds. Hmm... Oh wait, let, let me just guess, oh, okay. Let me let me contextualize this. Let let me think. I, I had a think okay. about this the other day, and okay. so so you're banking on Chase Edmonds being the lead back in that team. Okay, would you rather have Chase Edmonds or Kareem Hunt? Kareem Hunt. Chase Edmonds or Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Chase Edmonds or AJ Dillon. 
Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds or James Robinson? James Robinson. So, my point there really is that we're used to seeing Edmonds as a backup guy. He's a really good backup guy. He had a chance to perform last year as a lead back and he didn't do anything special in my opinion. All yeah. of a sudden the Dolphins give him a bag of cash and like I said in the off season, Raheem Mostert is in that backfield and all Raheem Mostert does is come out on top of crowded backfields and he had yeah. all the work in week two. So with all that in mind, what's the temperature in that jacuzzi now with all this information about Chase Edmonds? If if I was if I was relying on Chase Edmonds to be my running back too, I, it would it would be very very hot temperatures. I mean, I, I know for me I wasn't considering him when I drafted him. I think it depends again where you got him in the draft. For example, if you went wide receiver heavy and you're relying on him to be a running back two or even a running back one, I think you know this nuclear because as you said, Raheem Mostert's coming. If you you know you got him maybe the seventh eighth and he's your flex, then you know maybe, maybe we'll see. But if if I was relying on him, I'd, I'd be trying to trade him as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. And last one, be preferred to maybe just get get out of there before I finish saying this name, Sharples, because I've got a feeling you're gonna be you're just gonna be scolded. Russell Wilson. <sighs> yeah, yeah, it's tough, man. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just. I don't know. I don't know this guy, Brent. I'll be honest with you. Um, because I want to say that give him a few weeks to settle. I mean, they, they definitely looked better last week. I think he was definitely finding Cortland Sutton a lot more. But I literally expected him to just plug in and go for, you know, 300 yards, three touchdowns, you know, especially those opening two games because not not the hardest fixtures. Um yeah, no, I am I am worried. Um, Russ isn't cooking, but I think I'd be cooking in that jacuzzi. Lewis certainly would. He, he He's panicking. Uh, yeah. And I suppose they just look unorganised, unorganised and badly coached and not prepared. And it shows because they can't get anything moving against some mediocre NFL teams. So I would be very worried as well. Speaking of players that we're worried about, though, I'm going to throw some names at you. You're out of the jacuzzi now. Don't worry about it. That's safe. Okay, I'll tell That's, off. Yeah, good. Tell off and tell me whether you will drop these players to your waiver wire as in you don't want any part of them anymore. Darnell Mooney. Yes. Elijah Moore. Yes. Interesting. No, no, yeah. no, okay. no. Elijah Moore. Yeah, I, I think I would stay the course of Elijah Moore too. Uh, Hunter Renfro. Too, I think too valuable to drop, but I wouldn't be in my starting lineup. Mm. Chase Claypool. Yeah, I'd drop him. Yeah, me too. And this one absolutely kills me. <sighs> Kadarius Tony. <laughs> yeah, I. I, I was targeting a lot of drafts. I thought he could be the sneaky upside guy, but I don't know what the hell's going on with that with that Giants offense and and the, and the wide receiver room. So, yeah, I'd drop him. Yeah, I, I have him in a few teams, and I'm actively trying to not drop him. But it's hard because when he's on the field, Kadarius Tony it looks exclusively fantastic. 
He's he's fast. He's explosive. He makes plays. He makes people miss. The problem last year was that he couldn't stay on the field. The problem this year is that they're not putting him on the field. Um, yeah. So, like again, another week where the Giants' offense is baffling to me. Um, there's interesting kind of thoughts and discourse around the fact that this regime didn't bring in a lot of these players. So your players like Kadarius Tony are not particularly getting used. Whereas Wondell Robinson, the rookie pick, they might be waiting for him to come back. He might be used because this this regime chose him. Yep. But saying that, Sterling Shepard's having a nice start to the season. I personally am not picking him up, but I know we'll come on to it with our waiver wire section in a minute. I know that is a name that Lou brought up as a player that he thinks should be rostered. Yeah, I mean, I think last week I wasn't too high on him. I was higher on Peoples-Jones because of the ridiculous target. He had 11 targets compared to, I think, Shepard had four. Obviously, Shepard turned it, turned it into like 88 yards and a touchdown, which is great. But you saw a bit of a flip because Peoples-Jones was an absolute bust uh, last week. Zero targets, zero receptions. Whereas Shepard, I think, was up at 10, was it? 10 targets, 10 receptions, some, yeah. something around there. And so it's it's hard to predict, really. I think the Giants' wide receivers' room is is hard to predict, especially, I think, when you add Wondell Robinson into the mix. So, I'd, yeah, I think there's a, the players you take a punt on, but I, I'm glad I'm not relying on, on anyone in that Giants' offense, uh, on the Giants' wide receivers' room. Yeah. Okay, then, fantasy football, waiver wire, you know how it works by now. Players that are out there... In 50% of leagues that we think should be rostered, uh, give me your first one, Sharples. Okay, I uh, can't believe I'm saying this, but it's Jared Goff. What? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'm as shocked as you are. But um, last week, with four touchdowns and 256 yards. Um, and I think the promising thing in terms of him, not for the Lions, but for him is that the offense has to do a lot of work in order to catch up because they've they've conceded quite a number of points in the past two games. And when that's happening, it means that, you know, your quarterback's going to be throwing because they've got a lot, lot of yards, a lot of points to make up. I think the Vikings will lay the absolute smack down on them. Goff will have to throw it for four quarters. I think as long as he can avoid interceptions, he can rack up some serious yardage and hopefully a few touchdowns. So I think going forward, the offense looks exciting. Um, I think we've mentioned before, there's a lot of drafted quarterbacks who've been stuttering. So I like him long-term and I like him short-term in this matchup uh, against the Vikings. Jared Goff would be my first pick of the week. Yeah, and I kind of want to be sick, if I'm being honest with you, because our first two waiver wire additions are going to be Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. The the participants of the famous bum ball. Oh, yeah, the bum ball. It was fantastic, actually. (laughs) Uh, Wentz, he's still out there in about 50% of leagues, and as much as it pains me to say, he has to be rostered. If not started, I picked him up in numerous leagues this week to sit on my bench. Um, he's a QB4 through two games, 27 fantasy points a game, 325 yards. He's still the Wentz of old. He's, he's making a lot of mistakes, three interceptions already this year, but he is slinging it, and he has some really, really, really good weapons in Washington. It is a tough next couple of weeks with the Eagles and then the Cowboys, but after that, he gets Tennessee, Chicago, Indianapolis, Minnesota, Houston, Atlanta, and the Giants all before the Week 14 bye. 
super juicy. Yeah. I think he's going to be playable a lot, a lot, a lot before that bye week. So, yeah, pick him up. And if you have one of these stuttering quarterbacks, as you said, Sharples, I, I, I'd be hesitant to start him this week. And next week against the Cowboys, like I said, maybe in a pinch if you have to because of how he's been playing so far this year. But certainly you're going to get a lot of usable weeks out of him. Who is your next waiver wire addition? Yeah, I've gone for uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints. He had a bad week uh, last week in a tight game, but his his chances were limited due to Jameis Winston throwing three interceptions, basically giving the Bucks the game. Um, you know, typical Winston. And additionally, you know, the, the Buccaneers are a stout defense. He's not going to play them every week. I think his upcoming schedule is a lot more favorable. Next five games are the Panthers, the Vikings, Seahawks, Bengals, and the Cardinals. I think a lot of room for, for, for higher scoring games and, and less stringent uh, defenses. Uh, and if you look back to week one, he had nine targets, seven receptions for 114 yards. I think now is a good time to pick him up. I think he'll show that his average is nearer to his week one performance than his week two. Um, and I think, yeah, good. Um, similar to what you said about when it's a juicy run of fixtures. So I think now is a good time to add him to your roster. Very nice. Uh, and secondly, for me, I'm going to go with a bit of a stash. Tyler Algier, fifth round rookie running back for the Falcons. As I mentioned before, Damian Williams on IR. So, I mean, the wave away this week for running backs is pretty horrible. I'll be honest. It's not good. Yep. Uh, but Algier could be useful. Uh, he had 10 carries on the weekend, and he wasn't particularly efficient with him, only 30 yards, but he was still splitting carries 50-50 with Cordero Patterson. Obviously, Cordero, he's got he's got his own specific role in this offense that is bigger than just rushing the ball, so there's definitely opportunity here for Algier to carve out a role in this team, and I definitely see in the range, range of outcomes that he could lead the team in carries if he takes this opportunity, because as I say... Cordero is doing bits of everything. And Mike Davis was usable last year. He had a lot of carries for that team last year. So give that opportunity to a rookie and who knows what could happen. I mean, no way am I saying start him now. But they've got Seattle at the weekend, which is a very nice matchup. And if he has a big or even just a promising game, it's going to be really, really hard to pick him up next week off the wave wire. So maybe just, just hedge your bet. Maybe try and get a week ahead of it, and um, yeah, stick him on your bench if you if you got a place to stash someone. Obviously, another name to mention we just said about Sterling Shepard. That's who Lee wanted us to mention. But I think Jordan Mason, the undrafted rookie running back for the Niners, just needs a quick mention. It's a bit decimated that running back room in San Francisco. Shanahan loves turning these undrafted guys into fully-fledged, good running backs in the league, and Jeff Wilson is pretty injury-prone. So I think that keep your eye on Jordan Mason, and if you, if you have room to stash him, give him a stash, because he's going to get some carries this next week. Yeah. Okay, it's that time again. Week three players who we're starting, who we love. Who we think you should start if you have them. Let's go back to front. This week, now loose isn't here. Let's go a bit mental. Let's start with the tight end. Who are you oh. starting this week? You maniac. Um, I've gone for uh, Logan Thomas uh, of the Washington Commanders. 
Um, a couple of weeks ago, I recommended TJ Hawkinson against the Eagles uh, because they tend to be better at stopping the deep ball than the short routes. And I think the analysis still holds true. Now, Hawkinson didn't have a great game, um, but that was because the Lions were down uh, big and so Jared Goff had to hurl it. Um, I think this will be a bit of a tight game. I think the, the commanders um, can keep it a little bit closer than the, than the Lions did. The Eagles also gave up a touchdown to Earl Smith uh, of the Vikings last week. Um, Thomas had one himself last week. Uh, as well and so I think um, Thomas more than Hawkins will be able to capitalise on that space run the short routes hopefully get himself you know six or seven catches and if he can sneak a touchdown too you're looking at a great week for a tight end very nice very nice I'm going to go for Hayden Hurst he made my waiver wire picks last week and it turned into a very nice pickup indeed he's averaging 7.5 targets a game this year and he looks really good Uh, but the main thing is Burrow needs him. He needs a quick, safe bet to throw to when the pass rush is in his face. This whole line still needs time to develop and return in what was invested in it. The playing the Jets this week, kind of a nice matchup, but one where you expect the Bengals to write the ship. However, they don't have a bad defensive line to the Jets, so Burrow's going to be pressured. Jets have got some nice cornerbacks who are going to keep, try and keep Higgins and Chase quiet. So I think Hurst is going to get a bunch of those short receptions again. And Duracell, a touchdown. He's got touchdown mm. upside, certainly. He he looked, he looked a lot better on the pitch than on the fantasy score sheet, in my opinion. Like He looked like he was getting targeted a lot. I think he had a, a good 30-yard play chalked out for defensive pass interference as well. Mm. So I was... Yeah, I was a bit surprised when I when I I mean he had a reasonable amount of points, but not as many as as it looked, you know, given the eye test. So I think Hurts Hurts definitely looked good. Yeah, and look, the Bengals are gonna score a lot of points, and that's what I try to do in my picks of the week. I wanna cho- I wanna chase opportunity and games with lots of points in them. And I think this is gonna be one of them. So yeah. Yep. Hurst this week. Uh wide receiver next. Who have you got, Sharples? Um uh, you're not going to like this one. Uh, I've gone for Christian Kirk, um, the okay. wide receiver for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, a terrific start to the season, as we've mentioned. Uh, however, what I've liked is that his points have come in different ways in the two games. First game was volume purely, 12 targets, 117 yards. Second was more of an efficient one, six targets, six receptions, 78 yards and two touchdowns. So I think the fact that he's done it both ways is a good sign. You know, um, There are a few um, people in this league who are specialists, obviously Adam Thielen, Touchdown specialist Keenan Allen's a volume guy, um, but if you can have both, um, that's obviously an absolute gold mine. So we're only two games in, so let's see if it if it um, if it'll continue. But I think uh, also coupled with the fact that Trevor Lawrence is probably going to have to throw the ball with it being against the Chargers, um, you know, should be a relatively high scoring game. So I th- yeah, I think Kirk's in line for uh, a nice game. I like that a lot, actually, mate. I like that a lot. I'm gonna go with Adam Thielen at wide receiver. You just mentioned him. Uh, this this one is it's if there's ever evidence again that we're not experts, it could be this pick because it is absolutely not stat based. It's just a feeling, a feeling yeah. you could say. Uh, oh god, that was bad. <laughs> um, certainly not a great start to the season for Adam Thielen, but he is on the field all the time as he always is, just as much as Jefferson. The Monday night game perhaps showed that Cousins can't just keep trying to force the ball to Jefferson. That is where at least two of those interceptions came from. Now, this upcoming week, they're playing Detroit. 
over-under is currently 54 points. Highest of the weekend. It's going to be a great game. Two powerful offences and relatively bad defences. I just don't see how Phelan doesn't get more involved in this game. I mean, if you look at the past few years when Phelan has had bad games in the past, they literally never had more than two bad games in a row. Literally. Yeah. And, and that that's not me talking about the years where he was amazing week in, week out. It's these past this year and, and two previous years. He doesn't have more than two bad games in a row because he's a really good player and I know he's past his best, but you didn't draft Thielen to be a wide receiver one or two. You drafted him to pick and choose those weeks where you think he'll get a touchdown and I, I think he gets one at least one this week. So yeah, I am starting Adam Thielen this week. How about your running back? Um, yeah, I've gone for uh, Tony Pollard um, of the Dallas Cowboys. I think that last week uh, might be a sign of what's to come. Um, he had a few less carries uh, than Ezekiel Elliott, but he was far more efficient. And then you couple that with seven targets in the passing game uh, compared to Zeke's one. Uh, and I think this might be the season uh, where the torch gets passed over to Pollard. Um, he's got a really nice touchdown. It showed a lot of desire for it. athleticism. It really, um, yeah, it looks a lot more explosive than Zeke. I think it's a favourable matchup against the Giants. And I think as long as McCarthy doesn't try and do what McVeigh did and force Akers back into the offence and, and, and do, the, do the same thing with Zeke, I think... Yeah, I think it could be a good week for Pollard and a good season. I think he's potentially a, a, a trade target if you can get hold of him. Yeah, I like Pollard a lot. I'm going to go David Montgomery. You're going to say this is cold. You're going to say it's a cold pick. However... No. Go like on. Monty, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's purely because there was so much hate for Montgomery coming into the season. And I had him last yeah. year and he was really steady. And I picked him in what Lou deemed to be the running back dead zone. To me, the running back dead zone in the draft started the pick after Montgomery. And he's just been really good. He's been really good. He's averaging 16 rushing attempts a game, as well as three targets. He had 122 rushing yards in week two. He looked more efficient than ever. And he's clearly the, clearly the number one over Khalil Herbert. He had 80% of snaps in week two. The Burrs, they want to run the ball. Justin Fields is not throwing that thing. It's glued to his hands or glued to Montgomery's hands it, 11 times again. He threw the ball last week, so very good for the running game. He gets to play Houston this week. Juicy matchup again. Give me some Monty, please. Quarterback, I can't wait to tell you mine. I think you can probably guess it, but you go first. Um. So, I... Uh... I'd forgotten you went from last week, but I've gone from this week. I've gone for Joe Burrow, but okay, I think okay. it's going to be different. I think. Are you sure, is it, is it not weeks. just going to be a bounce back week? Is it not just going to be the same reasons I packed him last week? No, no, this is this is a breakout week. This isn't a bounce back week. It's okay. a breakout. So he's been putting up steady numbers, um, but it doesn't help that he's been sacked 13 times in the past two games. The Bengals love a deep ball, and Burrow has not had as much time as he'd like to sling it. However... The Jets' uh, Jets defense is banged up. They don't have all the pass rushes, and that's evident by the fact they've only had three sacks in their first two games. But their offense has been firing. They've got a reasonable amount of points. So I think you couple the more time for Burrow and a more need, like more need for passing. I think those two factors combine pretty well, pretty nicely for him. I think it'll be a breakout game. I am calling four touchdowns, 300 yards, min. 
Okay, nice. I like that. I uh, I don't want to bet you because I think he'll reach that as well. I'll be honest. Uh, do you want to guess my quarterback this week? Quarterback this week? Yeah. I mean, oh, there's only one man it could be. Ryan Tannehill of the Tennessee Titans. Come on, mate. Come on. I don't know what. I, what, do, what do you think I'm selling to people here? God, it's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Uh, oh, oh, him. Not a joke. Genuinely not a joke. I'm doubling down on the Vikings this week. I'm doubling down on Cousins. Okay. Like I said at the beginning of the show, primetime Kirk Cousins is a thing. You just chalk it off. Don't worry about it. I want pieces in this game. Sunday, 6pm, no spotlight on the guy. It's where he thrives. No one watching. Uh, But they have got something to prove, and Cousins has got something to prove. That was a really bad performance against the Eagles. And the thing is about Cousins, right? I've liked him since his Washington days. I thought he, he can move around quite well, or at least he could move around quite well, and he's a bit of a gunslinger. And I've kind of always liked him in that way. Obviously, he's, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a running gag that he's just so inconsistent. And he's at the point now, maybe in his career, where he can't get any better or any worse. He's just he is what he is. He's, he's Kirk Cousins, but mm. he's he's throwing the ball nearly forty times a game through the first two weeks of the season, which is above his career average. So this offense is passing more like they thought, like we thought they were going to. So. In this high-scoring game, he's going to chuck a bunch of yards, hopefully a bunch of TDs, to Adam Phelan, like I said before. And, yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it with Cousins this week. I think in the first week, you'd have seen a lot more fantasy points from him if the Green Bay Packers could even make a game out of that. That offense really shut down. And the Eagles look great, and the Eagles' defense look great. And prime time in Philadelphia... You just knew Cousins were going to shrink, so I'm going to chalk that one off as, yeah, if I had Cousins and I knew it was prime time, I wouldn't have played him. However, 6pm game, I am absolutely playing the guy. You know I like him a lot this year, and whether I'm joking or not about that will only be revealed at the end of the season. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Right then. To wrap up the show, probably the best show ever, I would say. Mm. Uh, no reason why, no particular more, reason why. A lot more streamlined, a lot more, lot more streamlined. Less yeah, filler, I found less filler, yeah. less cold commit. You know, all good. Yeah, a lot less cold commit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Games we're looking forward to in week three. I've just said, Lions at Vikings is gonna be a barn burner. Looking forward to that yeah. one. Yeah, I've I've only got two in my great category this week. Uh, that is one of them, and also I think Dolphins Bills should be an absolute slugfest as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, I agree. Does does Brady Rogers not uh not 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 you know if, stand out like it used to? No, I don't think it does. I think especially with the with the amount of um, missing pieces that the Buccaneers have, um, you know, it's it's such a patchwork offense at the minute. Um, and obviously Packers don't have Devontae Adams anymore. So, I mean, this matchup last season, you'd have been absolutely drooling. But um, I think it'll be a good game. I've got it in the good tier. But um, it, I don't think it'll be that spectacle that it's been for the past couple of seasons. No, no, I, I'd, I'd, I'd probably agree. And 
Bengals Bengals at Jets, I think, is a sneaky good game. Um, in terms of a game that I am absolutely a million trillion percent taking the under on, there's two this week: Giants, Cowboys, and Panthers, mm. Saints. I, I, I I'm going to try and and give a game every week that I'm 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 going to close my eyes when it's on because I don't want to watch any of it. Yeah. Those two, the, there's two though this week. You can have two. I'm not watching any of the Panthers Saints or any of the Giants Cowboys. And I'm a Cowboys fan. That's how bad I think that game's yeah. going to be. You can have two more from me as well. Seahawks, Falcons, and Bears, Texans. Absolute stink fest. Hey, I think uh, I think General Mills is going to cook, I'll be honest. I mean, it, it wouldn't be an achievement. Bears stink. Bears are going to stink this season. I'm sticking to it. I'm doubling down. So okay. do your worst, General. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap it up, I think. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening. Sharples, any closing remarks? Uh, just don't trust Cole Komet as far as you can throw him. Yeah, and I think that goes with without saying then, don't trust Lou as far as you can throw him either. Yeah. Okay. See ya. See ya.